Hi, and welcome to the Wine After Work podcast, bringing you the perfect balance between unwinding from a hectic day and exploring the captivating world of careers and entrepreneurship. Hosted by Bryce Batts, co-CEO of Career Collective, a seven-figure AEC recruiting and coaching firm, here to share exciting stories, expert tips, and intriguing conversations with industry professionals. So grab your favorite glass, kick back, and join us on this delightful journey. We're glad you're here. Cheers. Okay, if you're looking for a way to enhance your productivity and elevate your daily performance, well, look no further because I've got the perfect thing for you and it's called Magic Mind. It's the world's first productivity drink designed to give you the mental edge you need to conquer your day. No kidding, guys. It is formulated with 13 active ingredients carefully selected to provide a powerful blend of energy, focus, creativity, and motivation. It's like having a secret weapon in your pocket. I pound one of these before a big meeting and it keeps me going for hours. Each shot of Magic Mind contains key components such as matcha, nootropics, aptogens, and immunity support. These ingredients work together to increase your energy levels, sharpen your focus, unlock your creative potential, and reduce stress and fatigue, which don't know about you, but I can always use some help with both of those things in my life. I started using Magic Mind and incorporating it in my daily routine, and the results have been incredible. I feel more energized and focused than ever before, and it's the perfect companion for my hectic days at work. It's really become a game changer for me, so you should definitely try it, whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, a professional, or anyone seeking a boost in mental performance, Magic Mind is here to support you on your journey. Holly Burton is a midlife comeback coach, motivational speaker, number one Amazon bestselling author, and host of the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. Holly spent 20 years rising through the ranks of consulting and federal government service, primarily at the FBI, where she was a chief of staff. After struggling with breast cancer, autoimmune disease, and debilitating chronic fatigue, she now uses the same methodology that she used to heal herself to help you discover your comeback story so that you can achieve optimal health, energy, and performance and find a life of balance. She's been featured on over 250 virtual and physical stages as an expert on using mindset to overcome adversity, including the Dr. Nandy Show, CBS, and the Huffington Post. This is really, really interesting stuff. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Holly, welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. Oh my goodness, Bryce. Thanks so much for having me here and I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah, so excited to have you on and uh, snapped a little photo before we hit record. I know you're very on brand with your sparkling water. (laughs) It's too early to be drinking wine, but... We can still use a fancy glass, which I love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> any, any, every beverage deserves a fancy glass. So true. Well, Holly, you um, describe yourself as a midlife comeback coach, which is so interesting to me. I know you're a motivational speaker, uh, a number one Amazon bestselling author, and then host of the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. So sounds like you're a very busy lady. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the pug mom. <laughs> And sorry, and what? I said, and a pug mom. Oh, 
<laughs> I love dogs. Yeah, my uh, my stepson's uh, 20, so he's kind of grown and on his own. So he, I, uh, my empty nest replacement is a pug. That's what I tell my kids. I'm like, when you guys are gone, I'm just going to have a bunch of dogs and that's who will replace you. They're like, stop, mom. <laughs> Um, So tell me about your career. I know you spent 20 years rising through the ranks of consulting and federal government service and primarily at the FBI. That sounds so cool. And how did you get into what you're doing now? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. And, you know, I really like to break this down. and, And I think especially as women, when we're growing up, we typically have one of three stories. And We either are told that we're the smart one, we're the pretty one, or sometimes, unfortunately, we're the good for nothing one. And that's where our value comes from. Like, that's where we first learn to hold that value. And growing up, I was the successful one. And even, you know, throughout school, I was the straight A student. And my dream job from the time I was 17 was to work for the FBI. But I thought even though I'm, you know, quote unquote, straight A's and everything like that. I mean, this was back in the day before the Internet. Like, who am I to to work <laughs> there? Right. So um, so I ended up it was just pure happenstance that it that it worked out that way. I was doing some consulting and uh, I got my security clearance and, and they brought me on board. And really, that's where I grew my career. I was the chief of staff. I was. Wow. Yeah, I was brought in. I mean, Congress actually had to to pass the billet for my position. I was 37 years old when when I was promoted in. And it was just a huge accomplishment. And, you know, having this kind of overachieving, super successful career and viewing that as my value. And I was a competitive athlete. So I raced in Xterra triathlons and mountain bike races and, you know, viewed that again right? As, as having value. And I thought that health meant standing on a podium and getting a medal around my neck and you know, having a six pack of abs. And I thought that that's what health looked like. Yeah. But, and, and so I'm on this trajectory, but on my 39th birthday, that's when everything changed. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer mm. and I went through the traditional surgery chemo and radiation. Well, I'm sorry you went through that. That's so scary. Yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> but then what happened was that I never recovered. So all the girls in support group and they're out there running those 5K pink ribbon races. And I'm like, something is wrong with me. And I was finally diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune mm. disease. And then I was like, okay, give me a pill and I'm going to be fine, right? Just like pills fix everything. And I realized uh, not so much. And what happened was over the years, just this this debilitating fatigue took over. And, you know, it was one of those where in 2017, the fatigue was so bad and I was all but bedridden Mm. and the fatigue was so bad I could barely work. And I was actually forced to resign. I was forced to resign from my dream job. So and how many years were you battling through cancer, Hashimoto's, you know? Uh, at that, yeah, at that point, it was about seven years. Wow. That's a right. long time to not feel well. It was a very long time. <laughs> but what was worse was that when 
when I was forced to resign and, and, you know, I could barely function at home also. So I'm no longer successful at work. I no longer have quote unquote value right at work. And now I'm home and I'm a wife and a stepmother and I can barely function at home too. And, and, you know, chemo I thought was the worst thing ever. I lost my hair, I lost my breasts, lost my fertility, but this level of rock bottom was worse, right? Because I was quote unquote, no longer successful. Therefore I have no value. Yeah. Where you have a total identity crisis. Like who am I now without work, without being on a podium, being the superstar athlete. And I do find it seems a lot of really successful driven women um, and probably men too, but we're former athletes. I know within our business, we hire, it's all the salespeople, we hire recruiters and a lot of them come from an athletic background and we know that'll make a good salesperson because they're competitive. Right, right. But then there's also kind of the downsides to to that stress. So and that's, yeah. I'd like to get into that a little bit, but, um, but yeah, just to, to kind of tie the loop here in 2018, I just, was like, you know what? And there was no big epiphany. There was no, you know, beaming light or anything like that. I just woke up one day and I said, you know what? I am not okay with marinating in my own misery. So I was on a mission. I was like, I am going to figure out how to heal myself. And it took several years and some trial and error. And, and I did, but that's, that's not the, the important point was that I saw the big picture. And that's really what I want to emphasize today is that is that health, health is health and it doesn't matter if it's a diagnosis or not. Here's the thing. If you're relying on coffee to get you going in the morning, if you're crashing every day at two o'clock in the afternoon, at the end of the day, if you just collapse and when your your, spar- your spouse or your partner or your kid asks you to do something and you're just like, I don't have one more fiber in my body to do anything mm-hmm. else, right? Like, and, and then there's like kind of this, this annoyance and this surge of anxiety when they ask you to do something like, that's not optimal health. We're programmed right. to think that living in this level of stress is okay. And that's why I created the, the framework and the comeback story because here's, here's the thing is that the world isn't gonna crumble if you say yes to yourself, but you're gonna eventually crumble if you, you don't. And yep. that's why I do what I do and why I work with, you know, successful women who are overachievers, because we, again, we've been programmed, like our value is here and we go and we go and we go and we do the things for work and we do the things at home and there is no time left for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I find even if you are putting yourself first and making time to work out and things like that, it, you're still carrying a lot of stress and it will show up in one way or another. I know Absolutely. personally, that's what happens to me. My body will tell me, <laughs> Uh, slow down. You are stressed. Even if, you know, I don't technically feel stress, it definitely shows up. Yeah, absolutely. Stomach aches, you know, different things. So would you say you, you, you had to hit rock bottom first, or did that happen multiple times before you decided I am going to clear path and figure out what's going on here? Actually, I think it was three times that I hit rock bottom with my health before I made that decision that this is not okay. Again, this is like, you're talking to an overachiever. Some people hit rock bottom once, you know, overachiever here. I had to hit rock bottom three times. (laughs) Oh, so tell me about that. Was it the cancer, the chronic fatigue, or what were those rock bottoms for you? 
Yeah, it was the the cancer, the chronic fatigue, and then being forced to resign from from my dream job at the FBI. So how did you make the switch? And when did things start looking up for you? Um, so like I said, in 2018 was really, I just kind of woke up and there really wasn't a like an epiphany or anything. I just woke up and I was like, you know what? I'm not okay with this. And that's, I just was on a mission and it took several years, but I figured out how to heal myself, um, you know, not just from the physical aspect, but then realizing that there was also a lot of eternal stuff that I wasn't addressing and the mm-hmm. things like the stress and, you know, the emotions and, and all of that, all of the, the stuff like that. And, you know, really what I, what I learned over the years is that our body has what's, what's called the, the autonomic nervous system. It's divided into two parts and you've got your, your peace state, which is your parasympathetic nervous system. And then you have your stress state, which is your sympathetic nervous system. And so often I think what happens is that, and, and especially, you know, as, as successful women, we, you know, we go and we go and we go and then the thing happens. I mean, it could be a big thing like cancer, but more often than not, it's the little things that add up. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's getting on that, that, that call with customer service and they're not helping you. And then you just kind of like get triggered and you flip out and you you say things you later regret. And you're like, what was wrong with me? You know, I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but you know, like these things happen. Yeah. And, and I, I actually like to call this the, the suffer cycle because we kind of go through this thing and this stress, it just, it just builds up almost like an avalanche and, and, and it just builds up over time. And then we we're in this state where we're in this and it's not just acute, it's chronic. It's, it's a chronic level of going nonstop. And what happens is that that sympathetic nervous system kicks in you and you've got what I call the, the four F's your fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm. And, you know, things like the, the, the biggest thing that I see with my community and, and I was for me, I mean, I did, I think every single one things like, you know, we we're, we're programmed as overachievers or uh, we procrastinate or uh, even like fidgeting or biting your nails, uh, people pleasing. But the biggest thing that I see is looking to external things for that internal validation back to the validation. Right. So we look at things like work and I'm talking not just regular every day. I'm talking excess amounts of so excess amounts of work, exercise alcohol, food, even like smoking or drugs or shopping or even hobbies, anything mm-hmm. taken to that extreme. And then yeah. we look at this and then we we're like, okay, this is, this is making us feel okay about the situation rather than, than looking within. And that's, that is a big piece of what I had to overcome. Hmm. Well, I know, um, you know, difficult times and going through difficult times is universal, but why do you think some people suffer more than others? And then what are the three parts of that suffer cycle? Yeah, I just, I started talking about it. Really that first part is, is when the thing happens. And then what happens is that we just, we kind of replay it over and over in our head. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Bryce, but for me, it's, it's, it's the thing happens. And again, it can be a big thing. It can be a small thing. You know, someone could just tick you off. You call your best friend, right? And you kind of go through the list of, okay, this is what happened. You hang up the phone, but you don't feel better about the situation. 
So then yeah, you call you replaying it in your head. Right, right. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then you call best friend number two and the conversation with best friend number two, it is verbatim. It is verbatim. The same as best friend number one. And you hang up the phone and you're like, I still don't feel better. So you talk to your spouse, you talk to your coworkers and, and, and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And again, we ruminate about it. It's the last thing we think about before we go to bed. It's the first thing we think about when we wake up in the morning. And what happens, it's not just, and I'm just using customer service as an example, right? It's it's not the person on the other end that's not helping us with customer service. It becomes everything and it compounds Mm -hmm. and then we don't let it go. And then what happens is that it grows to the point where, you know, let's say we're, we're tossing and turning all night. We're replaying that in our head and we're tossing and turning all night. So we wake up and we say, ah, my insomnia. And now our day is dictated by that insomnia. Insomnia dictates the kind of day that we're going to have. Does that make sense? Are you you following the cycle? Right. And then on top of that, we're probably going to get a migraine because we probably haven't been hydrated or, you know, we're we're eating the comfort food. Right. And now it's like, oh, my migraine, my migraine, my migraine. So, so now we're placing our happiness, our livelihood, our, how our day is going to be on this thing called a migraine or insomnia. And and that's how the cycle continues to happen and how it actually can debilitate us. I'm smiling because I've been there, <laughs> especially with the migraines and oh, stomach yeah. pains and things like that. So Oh, I'm trust me, and I'm not saying there is no blame or shame or anything like this. I am the queen of been there, done all of this. So that's <laughs> why I love sharing this message. <laughs> So if we're finding ourselves trapped in that cycle, you know, how do we uh, create our comeback story? Yeah. And I think, and I think so many people think comeback, like it's got to be some kind of, you know, big event or, you know, and I always think of, you know, like the revenge body after the divorce or something like that, or yeah. I got passed over for the promotion. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have that revenge and I'm going to show them and I'm going to get the better job. And, you know, so I think in our heads, we kind of think of it like the big thing, but it doesn't have to be the big thing. Again, we are living in a world where we are just stressed and burned out. So that comeback is just kind of coming back to having a normal day again, coming Mm -hmm. back to just living our lives like we're supposed to be living our lives and connecting with our loved ones. And I like to think of it like, you know, remember like the, the 80s movies and the 80s movies, they always had this comeback montage and they always had a song and it was like, you know, Jennifer Beals and she's pulling up her leg warmers or the karate kidneys, you know, painting the fence or Rocky's running on the beach. Yeah. And yeah, there's always like the sweat listening and they got this like face of, you know, determination and grit. And and that's really how we've been programmed to view the, the comeback. Like we think of it in terms of a three minute 80s movie montage. But here's the thing is that, we we think that we're coming back and we start from that place of you know anger or revenge or jealousy or anxiety or worry so we're we're creating this comeback story from that place and we want to go to that place where we're you know hashtag #living our best life and and I'm here to tell you it is 100% possible to have your comeback story, to have your 80s movie montage. It's actually what I help the women do in my group coaching program. 
But the problem is, is that we think of it from that wrong place. And, and, and we begin that comeback from that suffer cycle. We, we begin from the, those raw emotions from that place of, like I said, like the desperation, the fear, the anger, the revenge, the like, and we're just totally checked out and we're like, I'm done. And you know, when you hear someone say I'm done, you're like, Ooh, I'm, I'm taking a step back because something's yeah. about to, ready to explode. Right. <laughs> and that's so often how we, we start the comeback story. But remember when I talked about the the fight, flight, freezer, mm-hmm. fawn, right? When we're in this place, we're in full on fight. It's like, and we're still in that that sympathetic stress state. So what happens is that we're starting from already a place of demise. And mm-hmm. and Stephen Stephen Covey. So Stephen Covey, he was my first. He was my gateway drug into personal development. <laughs> you always remember your first, right? <laughs> and uh, so highly seven habits of highly effective people. And he talked about um, when, when you create something, it's always created twice. It's created once in your head mm-hmm. and then once physically. So if we're creating our comeback story first in our head, and it's coming from that place of all of those colorful emotions, you know, this lens of desperation, fear, anxiety, worry, revenge, all the things, then our future becomes what we feed it. And it's not going to look like how we think it's supposed to look like. Like if we feed our future from that disempowering state, well, guess what our future is going to look like. (laughs) So how do we change that? Yeah. So what... (laughs) And and I like to I'm just going to talk about food because I think everyone can relate to 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 food, but the sure. principles apply to 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 pretty much anything. And and I share this through a lens of you know like like a, I am a certified health coach, but I share it through the lens of where my expertise shines as a as a comeback coach, as a as a mindset coach. Why my my clients hire me because it's not about like the weight or the food or the exercise. Mm-hmm. I focus on those five inches between your brain and your mouth. And, and again, we kind of talked about that, that, that catalyst, the contrast that creates the clarity, like maybe it's, you know, a divorce or a milestone birthday or a class reunion or, you know, New Year's resolution, summer vacation, the new year, because right. Right. And, and it's like, I'm not happy with the way that I look or I feel I'm stressed out. I'm burned out. I don't have any energy. I want to lose a few pounds. But then we go back to these kind of raw emotions. So here's the problem that I see is that when you only focus on losing the weight, then you're putting all of back to value. You're putting all of that value on how you look Mm -hmm. on. Right. So number one, back to, you know, being told that you're the pretty one and you have value. So you put that value on how you look or how much you lose the number on the scale being told that you're the successful one. So I'm watching those numbers go down, right? Or if it doesn't work, then you know what? That that story of, you know, maybe I wasn't good for anything is coming true. Are, are you seeing how this all fits together? Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, about people growing up with siblings and how you get labeled one or the other. And then how do you shake that off as you get older? Because it's interesting. I have two girls and I, I mean, I'm there when people are saying things to them aren't you pretty? Aren't you this? Aren't you that? You know, they'll try to say the same thing to both of them. And this just happened recently. So it's fresh in my mind, but I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like, you're saying this to two kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 
it's, I mean, it's just human nature. It's how we were raised. It's, it's just kind of how society does its thing. Yeah. And, and really what I like to, to share in terms of making that switch and, and it's really making that switch from external validation to that internal validation. Um, I actually have a, a private podcast. It goes into to full detail about all the gremlins that okay. sabotage your, your, your health goals. <laughs> yeah. But for, for purposes of here today, we can think of it this way is that if you place your value on, you know, the pounds of the number on the scale, then you're not addressing those underlying factors. So mm-hmm. things like sadness, depression, anger, anxiety, you know, resentment, just all the things, right? And it's difficult to be sustainable because the validation, it's it's external, it's not internal. And then what happens is that when, when something sidelines you, you're going to go right back to that place of being disempowered. And then we use food as a surrogate. But mm-hmm. to to actually to start the comeback story by going backwards first, by finding that value and alignment within, that is when you become unstoppable. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you, do you when you're coaching um, women, do you have them get quiet first or what's kind of that little first baby step for them to start to make that change? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the we We do a lot of quiet time and I think, Again, the way that we've just kind of been programmed and the way that our lives are is that we're, there's no quiet. And really it's finding that place of quiet to just, not even from a meditation state, like people say meditation. When I meditated, when I learned to meditate, I would literally put a put a clock on and I would look at the clock every 10 seconds. Like, am I done yet? Am I done yet? Like, this isn't <laughs> meditation. Right. So it's teaching that inner stillness and really going backwards before we go forwards. Do we have do we have another couple minutes? Can I get into the the quick framework? Yeah. So I like just for kind of fun purposes for our our time together. um, I I have a a five steps that your listeners can think about. And I named it Rocky after the original, the best comeback (laughs) movie ever. Right. So R-O-C-K-Y. It's super easy to remember. And it's so funny because as soon as you started talking about a comeback story, before you ever mentioned the 80s movies, that's immediately what I thought. How yes. this is what we see in a movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. Right. And I'm and the best part about I was gonna say the best part about the Rocky movie, the very first one, is that he lost the fight. So which makes it even more meta because I mean, really, at the end, they find out that, that they have the answers all along, like it's all within. Yep. So, all right. So we'll go through this quick. R is the, is the rear view mirror. It's really reclaiming your past because you got to get right. You got to be okay with what got you to this place. Like it, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You can't go back and change it, but you can make peace with it. And that's peace and forgiveness with the that. situation, with the person or persons. And then most importantly, is that peace with yourself. And then the O is own your ship with a P like the boat. <laughs> Keep it G-rated. <laughs> and this is personal responsibility. This one's always, this is tough because I mean, forgiveness is tough, but personal responsibility, I think is even tougher. And especially for me, I know this was the worst. Say, but, we always want to blame someone. I mean. Right, right. But, and it's also important to know that like, this is 100% a zero shame zone. Like this is completely shame-free because this is 100% self-love. 
to just say, you know, I was the one that is responsible. I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to shame, but I can take that responsibility and I can do things differently moving forward. Mm. And then the C is create your future self. And this is where things get really fun because this is when, you know, you always hear about goal setting and manifesting. And this is the the, the first few months in the coaching are always the toughest because it is clearing out all of, you know, all, all of the stuff from the past. But then yeah. this, this is where it begins to get fun because this is when you do the goal setting and the smart goals and the visualization and the manifesting and the affirmations and all of the things. And this is really when your mind starts to have that that clarity, when you start to see things differently with it, with a new lens so that you can create that future self from a place of abundance, again, whether it's, you know, from the health perspective or the career perspective or relationships, like this is the time when you're like, okay, this is, this is where I want to go. And then K is what I like to call keep the vision, not the view, because what happens and it doesn't matter what journey you're on. It's always going to be ugly and messy and bumpy and, you know, things are going to come in and, and take you off course. So if instead of just looking down and saying, this is exactly what's in front of me and I'm going to focus on all the problems, it's looking up and keeping the view and saying, okay, I'm going to keep focused on the, on the big picture. Mm -hmm. all right, so we've got R, which is your rear view mirror. O, which is own your ship with a P like a boat. C is create your future self. K is keep the vision, not the view. And then Y is go back home to you and mm. go home to you. And this is really what it's all about is, you know, that, that character that comes out of the montage, like they're this whole different person. They've got this vibe and they're confident and they're determined and, you know, they're ready to face their challenge. And, and here's the important part, you know, we, I mentioned this a minute ago is that the journey, it doesn't matter if they won or lost, the journey is coming back home to you. The journey is realizing that you have that superpower inside of you. The journey is realizing that, that you have a beautiful gift, that you have this radiant smile, that you have it inside of you this whole time. And this is the quantum leap and, and this, the quantum sparkle that comes back to the most aligned and authentic you. And when you come back home to you, that's when your relationships get better. That's when, you know, you see your career progressing. And mm -hmm. most importantly, you have that inner peace in yourself. And you realize that you also have had that value inside of you all along. Oh, this is awesome. I'm so glad you ended on a really positive note and left us with the framework. I wrote them all down. I <laughs> uh, love, love a um, good acronym like this. So tell us where we can find your book and your podcast and how we can get in touch with you. Yeah. So um, I was going to say the, the podcast is probably the best place. I've got a, a, a free private podcast series and uh, the best place to go is podcastholly.com. Yes, I have the domain. It's crazy. So even if, right. So even if you're listening and you forget, you're like, what was that podcast Holly was talking about? Podcastholly.com. And then on Instagram at holly.bertone. So yeah, hit me up there, say hello, and uh, I will respond to your DM. Awesome. Well, I think we could all use a midlife comeback coach. Like you said, we're living in a crazy, busy, stressful world. So thanks for sharing this with us. And I really appreciated you coming on today. Yeah. Thanks so much, Bryce. Thanks, Holly. And that concludes another engaging episode of the Wine After Work podcast. We hope you enjoyed your discussion today and learned something new. 
Remember, there's always more to explore when it comes to your career. So until next time, raise your glasses high and may your evenings be filled with delightful sips and enriching conversations. Cheers, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of Wine After Work.